Blog Talk Radio. Take it like that or whatever. So 
second oh, part of our show. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you would start that. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I know. You're reading your notes, right? You already know. You already I, know. I see it. I hear the ink on the paper. I hear it. <laughs> so that's the second part. You already know. Yeah, so next, so we call we gonna play nice. Beginning part of the show, we have author Cynthia Miller and, and Miller Scott um, in our studio. So we're gonna spend some time with her and some of her projects. And then, if you stick around for the second part of the show, please join in some of this crazy, crazy conversation because I know where things go after a certain time. So I'm giving Cynthia the best of us because I know the rest is not. The best of us. So, with all of that being said, I'm going to go ahead and not have her waiting uh, very long. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on, and we're going to get into some of the things going on in her world. Are you with us, Mrs. Scott? Yes, I am. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So happy to have you on the show. Well, I'm really excited to be here. You know, I really wanted to come on your show, and we actually booked this a long time ago, and I was glad that the date had finally came up. Yeah, well, because I hang out with you online sometimes, and I think it's so cool. So I was so glad to see that you were interested in being on the show because, you know, it gives you an opportunity to be with uh, the Wind Down family, there's not like any other family on the air. So um, anybody that wants to hang out with us for any extended amount of time, brave souls, brave souls. <laughs> yeah, brave souls and probably need their hair examined before it's all said and done. Right. <laughs> so uh, we have two parts of the show. So this first part of the show is strictly all Cynthia Scott. Uh, you get to talk about your projects, your books, where to find you, plug yourself shamelessly forever during your 30 minutes. And then the second part, we kind of swing into some discussion topic. Um, so I'm going to give you this time. I want you to go ahead and let everybody know who you are as an author. And, you know, shout out all of your your collection here. Um, tell everybody about your books and where they are. And then talk about, you know, your journey in writing, your journey in publishing, anything that you feel like, you know, adds to your uh, author character. Okay. Well, my name is Cynthia Scott. Um, I'm known for being married to the grind, okay? And the reason why I'm married to the grind is because I get up and show up for my life every day. Um, I'm the author of the book, In Rare Form, and the book is a story inside of survival. It's not about survival. It's inside of survival. And it's a true crime, and it's my story. Um, the story follows a, um, a, a family, a woman, myself, who um, went through a very dark tunnel. And the reason why I wrote the book and decided to tell the story is because so many times we see people or we're looking at TV and ID channel and Law and & Order and all these different places, and we see these stories, especially the true stories, and we see these crimes that happen, crimes against children. Some of them are very horrible, crimes against people. And, and I used to always wonder, you know, what happened to them the next day and the next day and the next month and the next year? You see these horrible stories. You hear these stories about this family that survived this horrific crime inside their home, 
They were at death's bed. They were tortured. They were beaten. They were practically killed. There were little children involved. And you wonder, wow, I wonder what happened to those kids after surviving such a horrific crime. I wonder what happened to the mother after surviving such a horrific crime. So I decided to tell the story so that people would know what actually happened at the dinner table after you found out a horrific crime has happened in your family. So I wanted to walk mothers through the dark tunnel that I went into. I was actually in addiction for over 23 years. I've been sober now for about six years. So I wanted to let everyone know exactly what type of crime could take someone into a dark tunnel for 23 years. I was arrested over 17 times, and I haven't been in freedom all that long. Um, I've been out now, I guess, about five or six years. But I wanted to walk people through that. I wanted children to know that there was hope for the mother that may seem hopeless. I wanted them to know that someone could walk out of prison, walk out of a dark tunnel, and become successful. So I wanted to give the steps to that. I wanted to show exactly how that happened. So that's why I wrote my book in rare form. The story is a strong story of survival. And it takes you and it takes you step by step through the dark tunnel. Um, I don't write urban fiction or anything like that, so I wanted to write a true crime, a true story. Right now, um, I'm working in what I do do as well as I go around to the very prisons that I was incarcerated in, and I speak. The very sheriffs that arrested me um, are on my Facebook. <laughs> Fair warning. Mm. So, <laughs> so I, you know, so I've totally changed a lot of things around in my life, and I'm, you know, and I'm right at this point living pretty free, you know. So I wanted, I've had my record expunged, several things like that, and I wanted to make sure that I gave women the opportunity to hear it from someone who was once sitting in the bed next to them. So I wanted mm-hmm. to do that. I wanted to share some of the things that I did after the point that I started to survive because really for 23 years I did not. So um, today, my children that were involved in this horrific crime with myself that were also victims of those crimes are now people who are holding very good positions in life. And um, my daughter actually teaches um, RN school at a university. My son's an RN. And my children that were involved in this crime are all free from this crime. And it took us a long time to get there, not just free physically, but free mentally. After writing this story, um, (laughs) I decided to write something a little different. So I did write a short story as well. But right now I have a book that um, is in the editor's hands called The Willing Profile of a Female Serial Killer. And so it kind of gives a different light. So what is in, in Profile of a Female Serial Killer is a story about a woman in corporate America who is a serial killer. And um, she only kills a particular, she only kills a particular type of person, and she kills certain people that she does business with. What I did different with the book is that I used people and their characters that are in my life today, that are working with me side by side in offices, that have that have been with me, that I've been with since I was at the bottom and went to the top. So I used all their characters and all of the ways that they interact with me to write them into my book about a serial killer. So it's a very interesting book, and that's what I'm working on. Um, I'm actually pretty much done with that. And my husband and I are actually writing a book together called Legally Blinding, 
and it's a story, <laughs> it's awful story that involves a serial killer, and we're not going to give it away, but <laughs> of the two people, one of them is a serial killer. However, both both of them hold very prominent positions in, in law. One is a judge, and one is a defense attorney. And because right. of that legally binding law where you can't testify against your mate, there are some decisions and career decisions that have to be made, and I won't give away wow. which one of them is a serial killer. So mm-hmm. I guess I kind of got caught up on a couple of, you know, little serial killer instances. So that's what I'm actually working on. What I do as well is I go around to schools and speak with young children, especially young women um, that are maybe close to high school, um, I do a program. One of the things I do at the high school is I teach a program called 50, 25 Things to Do Before Year 25. So what they are is 25 steps to become financially free by the time you're 25 as well as being well-founded. With the younger children um, that, I, that I go and speak at the schools with, with children who are in the eighth grade and less, what I speak to them about is getting up, showing up for their life. Because if you get up and show up for your life, your life will definitely get up and show up for you. One of the most inspiring things that I have actually found, um, when, one of the most inspiring things that i found when I do go and speak to these children, and that most of the time when I walk in, they're like, ah, they done made us come to this class and listen to this writer and that, that, you know, and I, Come in and I'm asking them questions. Ah, you know, mm-hmm, you know, I switch it. Oh, my name's Sally. You know, but what I right. have found is that when you bring a powerful, powerful aura of positivity into any room, it will change the atmosphere. And by the yeah. time that I'm leaving, the children are screaming. When I ask them, "What are you going to do tomorrow for your life?" They're screaming, hands down. I'm going to get up and show up. So, to mm-hmm. me, that makes it worth it every time. Right. Definitely. Wow. So, those experiences show up in your writing, in yes. your journey. Yes. Do you ever feel, um, when you put that out into the world to be accepted by whoever picks that book up, do you ever question if you gave too much? No, I never question. I know I gave. I didn't give too much, but I gave all. And I wanted to give all. So I gave it all. I myself today am not, I I, I am very happy that I went through the journey that I went through. I am Mm -hmm. so proud of myself. I I don't need any validation. I'm very proud of myself. Um, I, I am proud of who I have become. I walk into, um, a company of people that, have, that I work for that know my background and know mm-hmm. where I've been and aren't afraid to take me a little bit farther. I don't have any problem telling people exactly what happened to me, exactly where I came from in the addiction and dark tunnel that I was in. The thing about it is is that, I, you know, I tell people a lot of times, and I'll give you a, a scenario, is that one time I went to speak somewhere, and there were some guys sitting there, and um, they were in the audience, and they had no idea that I was the person who was coming to speak. I just eased in and went and sat in the crowd just so I could get a feel of the people. And these two guys were sitting there talking about a woman that was outside 
that they had seen that was an addiction, and she was looking rough, you know, and crazy, and they were talking about her and laughing about her, you know. And I thought to myself, I can't wait to get on this mic and call them out on that, you know. And when I did get on there is exactly what I did, is I told them that you have to be careful who you're talking to and talking about because mm-hmm. that very lady you see out there today, she might be somebody's boss tomorrow. I'm somebody's boss today. And I was right. out there at one time. So um, when I told him that after the show, the guy came and deeply apologized and told me that he appreciated the way I stood up for those for that woman that was out there. So, no, I never feel like I was told too much. There is something that has to be said, and success should never be a secret. It should never be a secret. Okay. I agree. I, I agree. myself um, feel that I am, I am successful today because of some of the secrets that I let go of yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, in order to give that positivity to, like you said, all those kids, you have to feel that way, you know, or you're not living in that purpose. You know, why did I have this journey in order to, for someone else, make it, an experience that either they don't have to travel or that they understand that that's not the end of your journey. So, I mean, I commend you on um, being able to put that, that positivity into the spaces you enter and um, Absolutely. sharing that. I yeah, appreciate that. Um, I, I tell you that I once, uh, at one particular time when I first started this journey with my book, in rare form, in which I went through all the different stuff that you go through when you deal with publishers and you're new in the game, you know. So I went through all of that, and finally, you know, I had figured that part out. And so I, so I finally landed a, a space on a talk show. And before I went on, they, you know, they had kind of skipped through and, you know, read a, just a tiny bit of the map or different stuff, you know, and I got on there strictly through connections, of course, and so when I actually went to the studio, they said, look, now, you know, by then they had dug into it, but it was a little too late. So they said, well, now, when we bring you on, you know, here's, we talk about this, we talk about that, we talk about this, we don't talk about this, and we don't talk about that. You know, and I thought to myself, hmm, I could tell them that I'm not going to do that, but I really need to talk on this show. I need this marketing, you know. <laughs> so, I, so I said, okay, you know, I'll be as, you know, I'll be as delicate, you know, as nice as I can. And the first question came out of their mouth was, Cynthia, tell them, this was before I was married, so they were calling me by Miller. And they said, Cynthia Miller, can you tell us about yourself and what brought you to this journey? And the first thing I spit out on them was my name is Cynthia Miller, and I was a heroin addict for over 23 years, and I've been sober now for about a year and a half, and I wrote this book while I was in addiction in jail, and a sheriff that was reading my work actually snuck it out of the jail for me so I could have it published. And you should have seen the look on their face. However, their phone lines blew up. They had more publicity than they had had in a long time on their show and come to find out that people needed to hear that. They needed to mm-hmm. see somebody sitting there successful that wasn't afraid to tell somebody how they got to this part of the destination. They wanted to hear about the journey. They didn't want to hear the regular old journey because you'd be surprised what type of journey some of the very people that we're getting to our TV to watch, we don't know what journey they took to get there. Right. So true. That's so true. Okay. Um, do you have um, any... 
other projects that are not necessarily um, your your writing, but a lot of the times we meet authors who are so multifaceted. Uh, I want you to go ahead and make sure that everybody knows the other things that you might be, um, you know, working towards or in okay. or have going on. Okay. Well, right now, um, I actually, um, I had a boutique. I had a boutique out in Arizona. Um, after I got married, um, my husband and I decided to go to Atlanta and to, to an outskirt town in Atlanta. So we went there. And then after being there, the corporation that I worked for, I worked for a marketing company in Phoenix, Arizona. I worked for one of the second largest companies in Phoenix, Arizona. So I worked for a marketing company as a general manager, and they called me back to work. And so we decided to come back here. And so now um, my husband is actually opening up a store in Phoenix, a book slash T-shirt store, because we have our own line of T-shirts. My favorite saying and what I live by is that I am married to the grind. And so we have a T-shirt line that has to do with being married to the grind. And so we will be selling those T-shirts as well. We invite all authors who do want to get their name out there because I do work at a marketing company to contact us because my husband has a publishing company and has several authors under him, and we do a lot of marketing. Um, We do have T-shirt lines, um, Cash is King, Married to the Grind, in rare form, all types of T-shirts, okay, So right now, one of my focuses is on opening a store. I myself, one of the things that I want to do is have a chain of stores across the country. So I'm looking to open about five or six stores over the next five or six years. One of the things that I like to do, one of the things that um, my husband and I want to do when we have with our stores is we want to have one day out of the week for about four hours of day that we're going to offer to homeless shelters or um, addiction places, or anyone who's trying to get their life back back on track, we're going to give them four hours out of the week to come in, and we're going to dress them from head to toe free of cost. And so that is how him and I would like to give back to our community and, you know, and to give back to things that have actually saved my life, you know. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I want to do that. So that's one of the things that I do. One of the other things that I do, of course, is doing the speaking engagements. You know, I speak at the prisons in California, as, and I have never spoken in Arizona. Their laws are just a talk bit different when it comes to that spelling. So I have okay. to speak where I have connections, you know. But right. that is the main <laughs> thing that I am working on. I'm looking to excel always. You know, I'm always auditioning for my next position when it comes to my my day job. So I'm always auditioning for my next position, and that is what I'm doing on a daily basis when I'm married to the grind. After grinding hours, I do have a whole different project that I'm working on. My husband takes care of all the book stuff, all the mailing the book stuff, taking care of the books, sending them out, getting them in, all that stuff. He does all that, and he also is a web designer, so he does all that type of stuff. So I'm really not focused on that as much. Um, I'm really hard focused on my career, on my daytime career. The books I love to write, and he loves to market. So, you know, I I love to write. It's a release for me. But my main concern actually at this point in my life is actually my day job. Um, And so Married to the Grind, you kind of touched on it a minute ago, but but tell tell us what, if we had to have a definition of what Married to the Grind means to Cynthia Scott, sum that up for us. (laughs) 
Well, I'm going to sum it up in a way where I'll still be able to sleep in my house with my husband tonight. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, then, We're all for playing it safe, honey. <laughs> so let me play it safe, but break it down. <laughs> you know, is that I myself have, to some people, different things drive different people. You know, mm-hmm. I'm in a business and I work at a company where I absolutely, you know, and totally enjoy where I'm at. And I am a climber. I'm one of those people who trying to, the next day I'm trying to do more than I did yesterday. I'm going to be up every morning, you know, getting dressed. I'm having fun doing it, and I really enjoy my job. The thing about it is, is that with anything, sometimes it's not going as great as you would like it to be. Me, myself, I am married to the grind. I'm going to get up and show up every single day. And I may be available at 9 or 10 o'clock at night if it's going to go on my chat. You know what I mean? So I am just that type of person. I'm going to be stopping at the store on my way to work. And if I stop at the store and I see somebody that's reading a book at the bus stop, I'm going to park my car and run over there and talk to them about a book. I'm going to get in my car and take off if I pass by somewhere and they're selling pants. I'm going to jump out and ask them, do they want to buy T-shirts? You know, I'm going to be on my lunch break. You know, I, that's just how I am. I'm married to the grind. A lot of times when you're married to the grind, your personal life goes through different roller coasters and different things like that. We all have personal good times as well as personal bad times. They're called roller coasters. And so the mm-hmm. thing about that I've learned for my particular self, for my roller coaster, that no matter what the ride is, I stay married to the grind. I get up and show up for that every day. And so sometimes that has had some effect. In my personal life, not so much as my marriage, but just in my personal Cynthia life, in my personal mm-hmm. Cynthia head. But I set all that stuff aside, and what I do is that I, no matter what, you can depend that I'm going to be at work. Anything happens, I'm going to be there. Car accident, I'm calling the cab. You know, death in the family, I'm going to the funeral for 45 minutes, and I'm going to work. That's just the way I live my life today. Because at one time, it wasn't the grind I was married to. It was a spoon, a silver spoon. So I figured if I could be married to a silver spoon, there was no problem. No matter what happened, every morning, my feet touched the ground. I was picking up a phone, calling the connection, and asking him to bring me a 20-bag of heroin. So with that being said, every day, no matter what, whatever happening, I'm getting up and marrying the grind every morning. Because I figured mm-hmm. that, I, you know, and, and drug addiction is a hard taskmaster. So I learned a very good work ethic. For 23 years, I had a work ethic that was non-beatable. It would not alter under any circumstances. I was there at the dope house every single day, no matter what happened. Kids sick, mother in the hospital, you know, whatever happened. Don't have no money, go figure out how to get some. So I live my life today under that same work ethic, I just have a different career. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, well, there you go. that is, that is Max the Grind right there. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's, it's, it's so, and it's so, like, it makes so much sense the way you just put that. You know, if I can do this for a reason, you know, and it's not benefiting me, why can't I do that same thing in a way that does benefit me? So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely get that. Okay. Um, so um would you tell us where we could find all things Cynthia Scott? Okay. So if you're looking for me, I'm very easy to find. My motto is get up and show up. 
And if you want to find me, you just go to Google and type up, type in getupandshowup.com, and you will land right where I'm at. Okay. okay. I'm also on my husband's website. My husband um, has a publishing company, and I'm on his website as well, Nickel, Nickelback, Nickel City Publications. So I'm also on his website as well. But I'm very easy to find under Get Up and Show Up. I also have a YouTube that we're um, called Get Up. I have a YouTube video called Get Up and Show Up. And it is a very powerful uh, video concerned that I encourage especially my women. I encourage you, I beg you to listen to that in the morning or especially maybe when you have a rough day trying to get up and show up, it will definitely give you a reason to get up and show up. It's about 20 minutes long, and not to even toot my horn, but toot toot, I even myself listen to it when I'm having a little rough time about, okay, let me see, you know, I'm a little off focus or something, I'm driving to work, I plug it in. And I listen to it and I say, oh, okay, I'll get it now. That's why I'm on my way. Okay, all right, let me hit the gas. Uh-oh, move out the way. Here I come. I'm going to get up and show up. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do this. So that's <laughs> the reason why I have the video there, because it's a listening video, not so much a watching video. It's a listening okay. video, and it gives you a reason like you, a reason that you may really need that will tell you about getting up and showing up for your life. And it will give you that reason. You have to listen to it to really grasp what I'm saying about it. But I tell you that just the other day I was pulled into the parking lot at my office and one of the managers that worked with me, she came out and she said, what are you listening to? And I told her, I'm listening to myself. (laughs) I'm listening to myself doing get up and show up because I need a reason. And she got in the car with me. And when we both got out, we felt powerful beyond measure. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so so you're even bringing your coworkers into that world. That, now, that's, you know, a lot of times when we have these multiple uh, jobs or, or, you know, passions, and we kind of isolate them. But you're marrying those things together, which is something that, you know, everybody doesn't do. You know, if I'm an author well, over here, and then what I do for the daytime is over here, and they don't always marry. So, well, the reason why it may not work for others, for me, it's a necessity because the way I look at it is, is as being is like being a bigamist. I have a husband that I'm dedicated to, yes, but he knows my other husband is the marriage to the grind. And so when you're married and you go somewhere. And, and you and, don't, and you take your husband with you, and you're like, hey, this is my husband. This is James Scott. So when I walk into my job or walk into anywhere I'm going, I take my husband with me. Hey, this is my grind. I'm married to it. Let me introduce you to my book. Let me introduce you to this. Let me introduce you to that part because I'm married to this. So it goes with me everywhere I go. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and that's true. That's true. Especially when it's something that you do. That's my my life in doing that. Yeah, because that's something that you do. You do it. Like you said, that is your grind. If if you're driving to work, you're going to stop and you'll make that connection. So that is something that you would definitely have to do if at any point, you you know, just jumping on opportunity. Those things happen all day. So, yeah, that's true. I get it. Right. I, I mean, like right now, most of the people probably 80% of the people that I tagged on this show were people that I work with at this company. 
every morning, one of the things that helps me as well is every morning we have a meeting where, you know, the employees and the managers, we all have a meeting, and we all talk about things. You know, we give, we speak words of inspiration into the air so that, you know, a powerful thing so that we can feel better and do better, you know, and we listen to each other's story, and I've been been able to see so many people evolve from, hey, you know, I, I have an employee right now that, has been with me for a little while, a younger girl, you know, and I talk to her all the time and try to speak success into existence with her. And, I mean, I was in tears leaving work one day because she came to work so happy with the keys to a new car. She had bought her a car from Sandy, you know, and she said, I'm going to get up and show up at this job every day. Cynthia, I tell you, getting up and showing up has worked for me. So to me, that solidifies being married to the grind. When you're able to Mm -hmm. share the grind, and see someone else as they're making traction. That is truly the definition of being married to the grind. Okay. I, yeah, and then, you know, it's, it, it has to be um, confirmation to kind of see how your words or your actions touch a totally different life and, you know, in a positive way. That has got to be feeling for you. It is absolutely one of the <clears throat> one of the best feelings that I have is when some of the best I've had some really great experiences in my journey and one of my experiences in my journey was that I went back to a prison that I was locked up at. I I was only gone for about a year and a half, two years and I'd already I was back there speaking. They called me and said, Cynthia, please come back and talk to these women. We need them to see someone that has actually walked out and did something. So as I was coming, when I came back to the prison and I drove back there, you know, when I got to the prison and as they they were walking me to the place to speak, I could hear the girls banging on the windows, girls I had been locked up with that were still locked up. Well, while I was there, one of the girls asked a question and said that what on earth could she possibly do because she was in jail for six, she had been in jail for I guess about 14 years when I knew her there. And she now was on her 16th year and was on her way home. And so I said, well, what did you I remember you cooked crystal methamphetamine for a living, right? That's why you're in here, right? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, seems like you're probably a good cook. If I was you, I'd go get a legal job cooking, you know what I mean? And right today, she's mm-hmm. been on the Food Network, and she's on my Facebook wow. page, and she's a chef. And I guess about eight months after I saw her in jail and did that speech with her, I went to a banquet at the sheriff's department, and she was there. And as I walked up with my daughter that I had recently gotten out of foster care, she ran to me with a chef's uniform on. She had been on the Food Network a couple of weeks ago, and she was in tears. And she said, I, you know what, I cook for a living, and you know what, I can tell anybody where I'm cooking at now. So I felt that that in itself was very powerful. Wow. I mean, and again, that's something that just made so much sense, you know. How, I mean, I I guess being in her position and hearing you just be real about it, I think that is the biggest, um, I guess, drive that gives that person that drive because you were just real. You didn't sugarcoat it. You just said, hey, you did this, so you might as well take that skill and do it legally, you know, and that just made sense. You kind of kept it real, called me out on what I did. You know, you didn't say, oh, well, we'll act like you never did that, and we'll just say, try right. this. You know, you called me out on what it was that I did 
and how I could write that wrong. So, right. I, I, I don't try I to go and speak those. to people. Right. I don't. I don't like. You know. I don't. I. You know. So many times I was in addiction. I heard different speeches from people. Oh, you know, go to school, do this, do this. You know. And I was like thinking to myself, look, lady, I already got the school money and blew it. Okay, five years ago, probably did it three times. They won't even give me a dime at fast and probably have my picture up. You know, they're not, <laughs> not going to get a <laughs> I'm not going to be getting a job at Toyota Corporation because of these felonies, okay? You know what I mean? Um, right. I'm in the process of trying to get my kid. I don't even have a driver's license. I've always drove stolen cars. So, of course, I never had a driver's license. Matter of fact, me, myself, yeah. I was in my 40s. Before I ever got a license, and that was just, you know, recently because, you know, I was legal now, and I, okay, first thing was let me get a license. I had never even applied for one. So, you know, so I hated to hear all these unrealistic expectations that people would throw at me, you know what I mean? Oh, you got to get into a different neighborhood environment. With what? I don't have a job. I, you know, all my right. friends are in addiction or criminals, you right. know what I mean? Give me some realistic stuff I can do, you know what I mean? So I took my skill set as a salesperson, and I sold cocaine to take care of a heroin habit. I was always accumulating different teams of people to do different stuff, you know, different stuff, organizing this, organizing that, figuring this out, figuring that out. Until I, and when, so when I got out, I figured out a legitimate way, a real way that I could make mm-hmm. myself, into, that I could take myself into a real company. And the skill set that I have today that is so good is because I brought it with me from the street. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't go to Harvard to get it. I got it from the street. They don't teach this at Harvard. You know what I mean? Well, so I got this from the streets. But you have to have a certain mindset to leave that street there and cross the street. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So right. You got to right. cross at the light now. You know what I mean? So get it together yeah. and go, at the, go to the light, you know. So that's what I did, me, myself. Okay. So and. That's something that I think could apply to just about anyone that's looking to come and grow from a situation. You know, how do I take my skill that I know is in some way a profitable thing to to apply somewhere and and make it to where I don't ever have to feel like I have to go back to um, those very things that landed me in jail. So to hear it so real... From somebody who has is that example. I am standing before you as a result of changing how I did those things and, and applying my energy into something that's going to be fruitful and it's going to be legal. And they see you there having done it. You know, that's different than just coming in and saying, like you said, go to school, get a trade. You know, okay, uh, now what okay. kind of situation have you ever been in, like mine? You know. Right, exactly. It's not going to happen. And I tell you, the, you know, so that's why when I speak to people, I tell them there's only actually one thing. There's one, one, only one way to that it worked for me. And I'm going to tell you, probably for 90 million people on the planet, that life works is that you have to get up and show up. When I didn't, when I first got out, when I didn't have a job, I got up and got dressed, put my clothes on, put my shoes on. Anyway, I got up and got, I got up and I got up and showed up. When I did have a job, I got, a, got dressed, put my clothes on, put my shoes on. I got up and showed up. So I created a routine for myself that I have carried with me right today. Today, right today, I have trouble on Saturdays. I, 
Matter of fact, I just got some blackout, Kirby. I have trouble on Saturdays because I'm so tuned in to getting up, showing up, that on Saturday morning, whoop, no alarm, I'm up at 630. You know what I mean? I was like, my goodness, you don't even work today. What is your problem? You know what I mean? So I think that's the one thing. If you don't have a job, you got to get up and show up. Because you're getting up and showing up for your life. You're getting up and showing up for a routine that you're trying to build in your side. And if you get up and show up and go out there, get on the bus, because that's what I had to do, get up, get on the bus. You know, I got up and showed up for my life every day, and I was at the same bus stop catching buses, looking for jobs, finding jobs, till one day a lady pulled over and gave me a car for $25 a week. If I hadn't been getting up, showing up for my life every day, I would never have gotten that car, you know. Yeah. So, and when I got to about $500, matter of fact, she gave me the car, and I had the car up until the point that I went to Atlanta about a year, about eight, nine months ago, simply because it was just, just wasn't feasible for me to take it. But I kept it as a souvenir because it showed me that when I was on the bus and had nothing, had nothing, mm-hmm. that if we cough, I got up and showed up every day for my life, whether I had a job and I was up, dressed, dressed, suited and booted like I was going to work at the corporation I'm at right now. I was suited. <laughs> I was going to Goodwill, getting me some suits, girl. Okay, had me a little raggedy briefcase. And I was getting up showing up for the position that I knew I was headed for. I knew I, I knew right. where I wanted to be. And so I dressed right. my mind, I dressed my body to show up and apply. So that's why I tell you that I'm always applying for my next position. Right. That is a powerful story. Um, I mean, and because it was, like you said, because you did that daily and she could see that and witness that, it has it affected her and her actions, which was a benefit to you. But think about how many times she had not done that, how many people she had seen waiting on the bus, or, you know, walking and wasn't driven, you know, to do that for them. But something about what she saw in you daily, you know, with that thing, that mentality. And that was what she said. They saw me every day. She said that her and her husband had said Baby, we're going to give this car to somebody who really needs it. She said every day, she said, you know what, honey, there goes that lady. We see her every day at that bus stop. Honey, there goes that lady. We see her every day at that bus stop. Honey, there goes that lady. We see her every day at that bus stop. She told me that one time she had blue for me when it was raining and that I totally ignored her and was running to the bus stop. And at that time, I didn't even have a job. I was going out looking. And it was probably landed about the same time, you know what I mean? Because I myself, I, you know, everyone has a different higher power. Me, myself, I believe in God, you know, I believe in God. And so I know that if I get up and show up for my life every day, God will too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, I want to make sure everybody knows that you can look, um, go to the website um, and your book on, on Amazon. Yes, my um, my e-books are on Amazon. However, I don't pay Amazon to sell my paperback. Okay, so if you want a paperback book, all you have to do is go on my website. Okay, you go on my website, go on my husband's website, Nickel City Publications. You can go on Get Up and Show Up, or you know what? You can find me on Facebook, Cynthia Scott. My inbox is always open. It doesn't necessarily have to be to buy a book. I give a lot of books away to women who need books and maybe can't afford them. I simply mail them out to them. 
I also am open for, I believe in a lot of things like the fact that a lot of women that are getting out of jail, no one thinks about that tomorrow they may not have bras and panties and things of that nature, personal mm-hmm. things, feminine products. So I also believe in having an open inbox for those things as well. Awesome, awesome. So definitely don't be a stranger to the show. And if you want to stay on the air with us and have some of our wind-down discussion, you're more than welcome. Um, we're going to move into the second part of our show because um, I have people waiting in the wings that are on, us, um, on our show uh, weekly, so I don't want to um, keep them waiting. But, you know, your conversation was so interesting. We did go over our 30 minutes, but that's okay. <laughs> I feel guilty for that. Um, okay. Um, I want to make well, sure I that really you appreciate you ahead. having me on the show. I oh, really appreciate you having me on excited. the show and being interested in my cause. I was excited to be here as well. I do follow you online, and you have a very powerful message, and it's very positive, and that's the reason why I was more than happy to come on the show because I really, really like seeing powerful women beyond measure doing their thing, and I commend you for that. Okay, so now you just made my night because that really, that really got to me right there. You know, you never know who's watching or paying attention. So I thank you so much. That that's me. That that's like everything you said. Just I was just telling somebody how I was being depleted today, and so you just filled me up. So thank you so much for that. To even know that you you see what I, I try to give to the world because somebody did it for me at one point. So. I appreciate you even telling me that um, means a lot. Coming from you, from somebody that does what you do, that means a lot. So thank you oh, for that. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and so what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of transition. Um, like I said, you're welcome to stay, but the conversation okay. can go anyway because we have so many different personality <laughs> types on the Wind Down family. <laughs> so uh, right, that's my disclaimer right there. Don't come back okay. later going, are y'all crazy? Because, yes, we are. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah. um, our topic, yeah, see? <laughs> He's been quiet, man. <laughs> He's been quiet, but I think that basketball game is slowly wearing off. <laughs> I was letting her know. I was letting her do her thing. That's, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. So, that's now that right, I done had, right. you know, had her thing, we good. <laughs> okay, so I am going to sign off because I do have a grind i got to be on in the morning. I really enjoy being on your show, and you people have a wonderful, wonderful evening. You do. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Goodbye. All right, so the discussion this evening for the rest of our time together is, and, and this is something that kind of was sparked um, some discussion I was having at the day job, that I kind of posted some questions on Facebook, and then some of the discussion that came from that post, I was like, hmm, this will be a good conversation. So we're talking about the bedroom, the expectations that you have or that are held for you 
by your significant other or for your significant other or when you just getting down. Maybe you're not because we had a conversation last week. Everybody's not in a relationship. Sometimes you just get down with people. So mm-hmm. if you just getting down in the bedroom with people, that bedroom expectation, is it unrealistic nowadays because of the pop culture, you know, the music, the movies, uh, the conversations that we have, um, because sex is talked about so loosely now, does that fuel some of these expectations? Are they unrealistic? Maybe you think they're real. I mean, let's talk about this. This is interesting to me. So, of course, we have that male-female perspective tonight. So we're going to talk about the bedroom. Ooh. So, hi, wind down people. Hi, baby. Good evening. Where's that guy? Good evening. Hey, How's everybody doing? What's happening, right. boy? What's going on, big man? Man, same old user, bro. Same old user. I'm a little pissed off. My heart's lost tonight, so I don't know what's yeah. going on my right now. No point. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, so, uh, I was waiting to see I if you're going to get a little... I wish I could get here. I mean, I would want to you thank her. Is it, is, no, I, I mean, not even so much question her, but just thank her for the job that she does and, the, you know, the inspiration that she gives out to people and, uh, you know, things of that nature because it's, I'm listening to her and I'm saying to myself, damn, she got me wanting to make a change my goddamn self. So, so what? I, <laughs> Man, hold on. And then I'm going to my cold, like my cold is a little bit better. Damn, let me write this down. Uh, Cynthia, uh, Cynthia, if you listen to the archive or whatever, Cynthia, thank you. You you have changed my wind down family for the better. I think I think Ron's gonna give up his addictions, and I think that Imaj might be a little bit nicer to her coworkers, and that's a good thing. So I thank you so kindly for being. It's not even my coworker. It's my manager. I like my coworkers. Oh. It's my manager. Lord, I don't know. Oh. It, it makes me speak the 16 different numbers every time. Oh, Jesus. Thank well, you. I'm going to let Thank them you. do them as far as that is. Okay, cool. Not a problem. But, yeah, let's go and get this. Let's, let's get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to Okay. Let's talk about groceries then. <laughs> Wait, hold on before we get to the groceries. I have to acknowledge the fact that Abdul is present. Hey, Abdul, everybody, Abdul is present. And he has started off, his first statement for the evening is that hours of consistent nonstop sex is not realistic. So that's his first myth that he wants to bust um, here on the wind down. So, that's what I want to share that with you. Okay, say that again. He said that hours of slow, consistent, non-stop sex is not realistic. Um, who the hell he not fucking? Uh (gasps) That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Somebody, that's I, just, I mean, 
at this at this particular point in time, I really want to know who it is he not fucking because something wrong with it. I've been, married, okay. I've been, I've been, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been with my wife for the last fifteen years. I've been married almost twelve. I can count on my hands twice over the number of times we've had weekends long sex where it's been nothing but hours long. Go get something to eat, come back. Hours some more. Go back, get some hydration. Hours more. I'm really confused right now. Who the fuck is he not fucking? Wow. I'm sorry. I, I already told you. I already told you. I, I'm not in the best of moods right now. The filter is off. Well, well. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. So, um. Back to Abdul. You heard that, right? Abdul. Oh, you, you know, Abdul has got. He's got something to say. Uh-oh. He said. He said. He said. Now hold on. Hold on. He said that's different. That's different. That's that's not what he was talking about. <laughs> okay, I'm still confused. That makes no sense. Uh, well, maybe he means that being I'm in the app, in the bed. Not, no, no. Go ahead. Because I'm I'm just trying to make you know. Um, he said you got up at eight, so he's saying just being in the bed for hours, nonstop. Don't get up. Don't go pee. Don't. Work the crap out. Just stay in the bed and get it for hours. Oh, you gotta get you gotta give me context at that point because yeah, I'm definitely not doing <laughs> that. But you putting it if you putting it in no context, I mean shit, it's not physically possible if if, if you're gonna put it in that context, of course. But no, otherwise no. No 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 no. Even in that context, it is still possible. Even in that context. I'm just um, saying, it's not. It, it, like, you're not gonna be able to do it all the goddamn time. We know this. You're gonna have that special. You're gonna have that special time where it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna be in it to win it. Period. I get that all day long. Ooh, ooh, we. Okay, so now we got two gladiators on on this. Okay, so we got two gladiators on the show. These these dudes go in. So just yeah. Saying. So okay. Okay, got it. Um, so Ron and 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 Shakira can do mm-hmm. those nonstop night. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm not ready. Look, when you ask questions, you don't get answers. If you're not prepared for the answers, I think I'm on the same page as as. Abdul with the whole, you know, I might need a nap or something. I I need a break. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna. Well, you, you, you may not. You may not even get much. You may not even get much of a nap. Well, I'm fine. I'm just saying. Wow. Right. Yo, I, I, I don't know if you want to close your eyes. I don't know if that's the wisest thing to do. But just <laughs> just because you are in the act of sex does not mean you have to be doing this or that or that. There are such a myriad of things that you can be doing so that you don't have to, you know what I'm saying, uh, bore yourself or tire yourself or deplete your energy or things of that nature. I mean, I mean, 
it's so many different things to the point where it's if, if you if you limiting yourself to five ten minutes, then so be it. Enjoy yourself, but trust me, if you want to go out, you can. You just don't want to. That's why you have to, and you're not. So I don't know, I, and I, I'm I'm just okay. This makes me nervous because. We said we went into the R. Kelly last week. So do I not get to get up and pee? Like, I'm, I, don't, I don't get it. Hey, if you get up and go pee. Hold on. What are you talking, three minutes, four minutes? Go ahead. Come back. Would you take a four-minute break? That's seriously speaking. I mean, come yeah, on. You didn't sound like you give breaks, so. Um. Yeah. About that. <laughs> you said about that. I got to, I got to get myself together. I ain't drinking tonight, so I got to get myself together. I know, because mind you, you are never this quiet. Like, you leaving me here with the big boys. <laughs> no, I'm listening. And I'm uh, listening. Wow, listening, no help. listening no help, baby girl. I'm going to need Carolina Kitty out here for this shit. I am. <laughs> okay. I am like, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm just, I don't Look, know I don't, have time for, I don't have the time for the question of the pearls and none of that shit. <laughs> Come on. Okay, okay. Let me get it together. Okay, I'm together. Hold on, hold on. Let me just, I'm sorry, before you go, let me just say Every episode ain't hours and hours and hours. You know what I'm saying? Every time. Let's not get it twisted. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But but it is definitely something that you can pull out your pocket at any given time that you want to if you know what you're doing. Okay. I can agree to that. I I agree with you guys saying it's possible. It is not unrealistic. It happens. Yes. And I'm gonna participate in it. I'm not gonna get tired. I'm a champion. You stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All I ask you to allow me to do is TP and get me something to eat. That's all you get my energy. I mean, like I said, I'm not arguing that point at all at this particular point in time. Now, depending on the location and whatever else is going on and whether or not room service is available, you may get that shot. If we got to go out somewhere, please understand the concept of any time, any place. Whoa. Where you have to order the sausage because you might not get what you ordered. Well, you know what? That makes it very easy for, especially for you, Sally Sunshine, because <laughs> because because you said that sometimes you tend not to throw on some other pieces of garment. So yeah, hey, that works out. Oh, damn. Did, that, did y'all hear that buzz horn? I heard that buzz horn. Yes, you heard exactly, you heard exactly what you y'all heard. Y'all should have yeah. left me in my corner minding my own business. That was, but I didn't do it. 
I called you out for a reason. They called you out, but you ran me over with the bus. I didn't run you over. I said, get on it. Get on the bus. I didn't run you over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me ask you during this session, would you feel pressured to eat the booty like groceries? I mean, this was hot in the streets right now. It was hot in the streets. Yeah, we just knew. Yeah, we just knew Nicki Minaj was gonna get brought into this shit. That was. Uh, I mean, that, first, was that was first, Janae first and foremost, No, no. First and foremost, I'm gonna need you never to say that again, sounding like. I'm good. Bad no. I'm gonna need you know if you're like going like to eat booty like. Sounded like who? Sounded like who? Sounded like I sound. I just like I asked you a question. Like, how is it supposed to sound when I ask you a question? I'm saying I'm going to need you not to sound like proper Patty when you're talking about shooting <laughs> the booty like this.
that particular song can come on any radio station at any time mm-hmm. of day. Mm-hmm. And because that phrasing is not, you know, uh, profane as far as the word choice is not profanity, it doesn't have to be bleeped out. It doesn't have to be silenced or censored in any way. So in that song, that particular particular set of lyrics is clearly sung by this artist in a song on the regular radio mm-hmm. with your kids yep. in the car no matter what age they are. Mm-hmm. And they hear her because the tune is catchy. You got some of my favorite guys on there, depending on how old I am. I love Chris Brown or whoever else is on this song. Oh, okay. I know this song. Yeah, I know this song. I know it's supposed to be whatever, whatever. I know this song. However, when Miss Thing says, you got to eat the booty like groceries, is that better? Is that less popular? If your man come close to me, he better eat the booty like groceries. Yes. <laughs> so how do you react when you hear, like, a five-year-old? Who, First of all, that five-year-old mama need their ass for, for mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah. Because well, the, the mama knows. The mama knows. The mama knows. I don't disagree with you. Who need their ass be second of all? Uh, you need to teach your child not to say stuff like this. I, you know what? At an early age, I taught my daughter, if you don't know what the meaning of that song is, don't you sing it. I hear don't you. Don't you sing it. I hear you. But my question was, who gets you second of all? Uh, the chap. You need to teach your chap better. I mean, I mean, is the only one to blame in this situation the parents? Like the radio stations don't have no. I mean, you can't. You can't do anything sometimes about the. Yes, but we can't really do anything about them unless you want to go and you want to talk to them and say, "Hey, you're not being this." We don't control the radio station. Here, where I'm at, a rich white man radio controls the radio stations. They're on public airwaves. They're on public airwaves. We do control the radio stations. Okay, Every well, then just turn years, it off. The radio station has to get their has to get their their license renewed, and the public votes on that. We do control the radio stations. Well, here's the problem: the voice. Who's the voice? Who's the voice of what the people want? Because they feel like they're giving the people what they want. Nobody really feels like they're fueling an agenda. They feel like they're giving the people what they want because somebody told them that's what the people want. And because the people aren't vocal, they assume that that is what the people want. So we have eat the booty, like groceries. I'm done with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, at any time of the day or night, it's there. You can hear it, and there you go. Hey, don't get me wrong. I love groceries. Don't get me wrong. Groceries are very tasty. <laughs> oh, my God. Groceries are very tasty. Groceries. <laughs> Does everybody, do all the groceries taste the same? I mean, are there different types of groceries? <laughs> See, I don't know specifically what your institutions are down there, but up here we got, like, different levels. There's levels to this shit. You got the C-Town, the Bravo groceries, 
Then you got like the EMP and the platform groceries. Then you got oh the whole thing. I mean, is it different if you go to the corner store or if you go to right, the current market? Like, yeah, oh my you God. You got the BJs and the Costco groceries. You know what I'm saying? There's different kind of groceries. Just say, you know. Oh my God. Okay, so so you got the Wawa's and all that stuff. So yeah, Walmart. The Walmart stores and. Nah, yeah, I ain't never eat no Walmart groceries. I'm sorry. Well, we have this place called Aldi, so we got all the groceries. Like, it's different. Oh, it's some of the food better. It's some of the food better. It's compensation. At certain places, like for us, the food line grits are bigger than the Walmart grits. So we we not having this conversation. <laughs> some of the things are both different from place to place. Oh, my gosh. We're we're having this conversation. This this conversation is being recorded. <laughs> no, but seriously though, but seriously though, and I mean, Uh-oh. I think it's more obscene to hear a child say, "You yeah. you like groceries," than time to get paid to off like the World Trade. So if you have the audacity to blow to 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 bleep that out. And you can do the same thing to those levels. But no, you want to over-sexualize my children. No, mm, you want to mm. confuse them. You want to get these hormones riled up in them. You want them to say something disrespectful in front of their parents to cause that conflict between generations. You want mm. all this bullshit. Okay, no doubt. Mm-hmm. This, and wow. so, so, so now once this is what you want, when you get what you get, don't say nothing. I got to say something. I got to say something. I got to say something. If I don't say anything, I'm just as guilty. No, but it ain't to you, I'm saying. I'm saying because you ain't the one that's doing it. You know what I'm saying? You know what? I'm done with you. I'm done with you and all your whole fools. No, no, no. I'm just saying I might as well do that because I'm just as full of shit as the booty. You know what I mean? <gasps> I don't know what you mean. I know what you said. And all I want to know is, do you get coupons with your groceries or do you pay cash, <laughs> EBT? Or do you do EBT? What do you do? Oh, my God. Huh. Oh, my God. I just got to sit last okay. so. I mean, I, I, I thank y'all for it. Like, that felt good. Did that feel good for you, Imaj? That whole last thing. I feel like that. I needed that because I'm going. I feel like I'm going through. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. do you remember how that song "Birthday Sex" first came out? Okay, next one. Let's go get into that one. I like that. Uh, come on. Okay, so I'm listening to the song when it first came out. I was like, oh my god, and my child had to be about. She was five. And mind it, it's different riding the car with me than riding the car with her dad. Mm-hmm. It's different. Because I keep it on the old school channel. That's why my child like old school music. But I used to keep it on that channel, and they didn't play it on there. So one day I had forgot to change the station, and it came on. And she started saying, I said, oh, wait a minute. That's when I saw her at that time. You don't sing stuff that you don't know nothing about. And I said, and if you feel like 
you want to sing a song, you need to change some words. Because first of all, you don't know what a sex is, but you know what birthday cake is, and that's all you got to be eating is birthday cake. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm so, stupid. I'm so stupid. Funny. <laughs> uh-uh. And I'm oh, going to apologize. I'm going to apologize ahead of time. I want to apologize ahead of time. Shouldn't we show our children the lessons that we tell them? Now, I say, I, I say birthday cake. When I was, when the song come, I'll be like, birthday cake. No, no, no. I was, so, I was, okay. so, so you don't sing about nothing that you know about, right? I, I try, yeah, I don't, if I don't know nothing about it, I, I try not to sing it. I'm going to learn and figure out what it's about. Mm. Beyonce was like, you know what I'm saying, put a ring on it. Okay. She was talking about, I may not be, hey, I'm working on that thing. You hush your mouth. But anyway. <laughs> See, I apologize in advance. I apologize in advance. I know I'm a jerk. You should have slapped the taste out of his mouth. That's ridiculous. That's no, dumb. but my point That's is. That's just like when she was talking about um, drinking watermelon. Half of the world didn't know what she was talking about. Oh, my God. I knew what she was talking about. So, therefore, here's my problem, y'all. Here's my problem, because y'all are getting into some some good songs right now. Here's my problem. How many times have you been um, listening to the radio and music comes on and you could could be doing 100 other things you never notice that song is on? Like, you don't even notice. You don't tap your foot. You don't hum. You keep looking through the dictionary. It doesn't stop you. If somebody said, hey, did you hear that song? You'd be like, what song? You you totally missed it. I know that I can listen to the radio and hear many songs that don't move me in any way. They don't make me want to hum them. I don't wake up with that tune in my head. They just are blah. Usually those songs aren't about some things that are inappropriate for a small kid to say. Mm-hmm. However... All the songs that get you to want to dance, tap your foot, sing along, have a real to the words. cool lyric in there that you're like, yeah, that's my favorite part. They're always about something. I remember when that little boy came out with that song, He Can Lay You Down, But I'm going to Beat It Up. That was just little right? Until you hear the little six-year-old nephew singing about beating it up. What you know about beating it up? Oh. What you going to beat up? Don't pull it. Get someone. And that's the only part I know is the beat it up part because it's the cool, catchy part. It's easy to remember and learn. I don't know much now. Well, you know what? For me, Lavinda, I, I listen to a lot of music. I'll hear the beat. And I'll think, oh, okay, that beat is catchy. But then I'm like, nope, let me sit down. And listen to these words. And hear these words. Yes, Because I they know the best that there is some type of hidden meaning. That's why before I even, my daughter, she she likes Beyonce. My daughter likes to dance. So when her last CD came out, she was like, Mom, you know, Beyonce has a new CD. I said, mm-mm, I can't get this one for you yet because I got to listen to it. Because I've heard some of the songs, and i got to hear all of them before I can purchase it for you. Because mm-hmm. I remember one day Beyonce was having all the girls dancing because they run the world, and the next day she was drinking watermelons and taking it, bent over, partitioning her. Yeah. 
a limo yeah, off. And so she, she can get she, she my, can't my, wait for you uh, to um, you know. She can't wait for you to blow this cherry out. Yeah, uh, 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 Monica Lewinsky, I'm on my dress, on my gown. It's like, um, hey, kids, can you turn it off? Hmm. And then you have people like, you know, Nicki Minaj, she's trying but to change his way. Well, when was the last time that you got Monica Lewinsky, you know, all on your, you know? Oh, my Lord. Uh, no, 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 I'm just saying, like, how realistic is that? Right. Whoa, whoa, I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. Oh, okay. I mean, but was it I, recently? Like, I mean, what I will say is this. Yes, yeah, so you know he didn't answer. You know he didn't answer, I right? Know. Like he's. I I, didn't answer. I, I recognize that he didn't answer. And Somebody. I'm not going to answer. How about that? Somebody. I'm going to Somebody digress on another subject. Okay. So Somebody I mean, got even when, when I was younger, they had juicy fruit, you know, and too many. I'll be a lollipop. You could lick me everywhere. Okay, that was an appropriate thing for a young man to be singing. There was a whole bunch of other songs. You could ring my bell. You know what I mean? There's a whole right. bunch of right. other songs I'm saying, that they had that yeah, we look should how, have. Look how, look how. But it was, it, it was diverse then is the issue. I'm it saying, was so it was subtle. It was so subtle. Like, you had to actually be a thinker to get that. Millie Jackson wasn't subtle, not in the least little bit. Well, that's different. Well, I mean, what? but you had to intentionally hear that. You can just turn the radio on aimlessly and just be like, I'm going to beat it up. So, indeed. You're going to think I invented that. I mean, a kid could just turn on the radio because they don't want to be in silence. You know, they have their moments when they're afraid of stuff. And I mean, but even radio now is different. The whole idea of radio is different idea, now because right. radio is is digital now. You know what I mean? Radio right. is, is, is 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 like right to the consumer from the artist now. You know what I mean? So so radio is, is different. It ain't the same. The satellite radio, it's serious. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Different streaming things like that. So so I mean, it's it's. It's different than when we was turning on the radio and we had four stations to choose from if we was lucky. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. so uh, so we had those four options. And on those four options, it's like, all right, you got to listen to something out there for that you and your grandmother can listen to. So now you got two options. <laughs> so oh but now everybody, everybody plug up. You can listen to what you want to listen to. I want to listen to what I listen to. We don't have to come to no common ground, so we don't have to stretch our listening. You know what I mean? You can listen to exactly what you want to listen to. You don't have to move yep. out your boundaries and listen to what your sister or your aunt or your cousin listening to. You don't have to share the airwaves. So it's real. It's, you it's know, a different landscape then now. I look at how, okay, maybe they don't outright say it. Maybe they don't outright say, eat the booty like groceries. Maybe it's what they perpetuate that disturbs me so much. Like, right. I right. have I have a favorite song, okay? But I try to make it not my favorite song because it's not good. It's not right. It doesn't do anything positive for the world. But this song, it's catchy. But what is this song talking about? The song is Throw Some Mo. Oh, and add that. Yeah, I know. Oh, you got yes. it. Throw Some Mo. Throw Some Mo. 
are listening to. So they're like, oh, well, Miss Jones, you know, have you heard this song? Because let me say, I had to stop. What do you mean, Miss Jones? They call her Jessica. Mm-mm. Well, right. no, it, 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 my child don't say all that, but, you know, it's like, Miss Jones, blah, 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 blah. Did you know that such and such? They, they talk about the house and all that stuff. They don't want to talk about that. First of all, you didn't learn. That's why. I, oh, good point. Good point, Abdul. I got you. What I'm you here for? You here to what? To learn. To learn. To learn. To learn. To learn. To learn. And here's one that he was right. He's so right. Um, Two Live Crew, you know, and all things Luke, Uncle Luke. You just, when your mom mom came in the room or your aunt or whoever, it was like, turn it down. Here they come. You felt like you were watching porn or something. Okay, maybe not you. But other people said to be watching porn with your parents in the room. I know, Carolina Kenny, you probably appreciate good family what? porn time or whatever. But Yo, I mean, what are you talking about? Wait a minute. I'm just saying, like, you know, you probably no, don't No, I don't like know. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. I love I've never Ron had a voice for Imaj. I really appreciate this, Ron. I wasn't even talking to you. So what are you talking about family porn time? What kind of nonsense <laughs> is this? <laughs> what are you talking about? How could you even make that sentence comfortable to say? Oh, my God. Here we go. Come on, Mr. Extra. Are you trying to start a fight? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm done. So, I'm so really you're done. Still, you're still... You're still upset about the Monica Lewinsky thing with the dress. No, I'm sorry, Ron. I didn't mean to tell anyone. I'm sorry. Listen. I mean, I, 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 listen, I can never have had Monica Lewinsky because I ain't need no press to do nowhere. Jesus. Come on, man. Oh, God. Oh, oh. oh. I mean, that goes back, if you even think about it, like, times I used to be in the club when I was in college, like, um, put it in your mouth and all those types of songs by Ocknell and T-shirt in my pants. Like, they, the songs have been there. Right. That's my shit. They make your radio play. They, they've been there. They've always been there. And, you know, we got... Always. Uh, what, what was the other girl name? Not Adina Howard, but, oh, my gosh. But you know what, there's a place for it. There's a place for it. It should be here. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that that shouldn't exist. It absolutely should exist. Because he needs it. Yes, I do need it sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, for instance, I need it, like, when I'm... Um, um, getting hype, and I'm, you know, saying I'm about to go out or something. You want some of that? Imagine me need it while she's in church. So I mean, it's just a little what? different. Of when somebody may need oh my it. God, he couldn't have just said that. Did he say that about your church, Imaj? You really shouldn't oh take that, Imaj. That's so you. Oh, Imaj, you, I am offended do. for you. My feelings are hurt, Imaj. He's disrespecting your Jesus. I can't believe he would do that. <laughs> Well, let me tell you two something. I'm sick y'all for this. <laughs> I'm sick y'all at this point. When I do go out, I listen to certain things before I go out. 
Because, you know, I like a big booty girl every now and again. I listen to some stuff. I listen to all types of music. You're not going to put that blasphemy on me because I don't listen to that type of music before I go to church. He said you in church, Imaj, it's even worse. I don't he listen, said your pastor participates in the butchery. I mean, botchery. That's what he said. I'm just, you know what? Don't take that from him. From him. You should I'm, I'm him. not taking it from nobody because you're instigating it. So I'm not taking it from anybody. I'm glad you <laughs> How about that? Minority. 
Like, you ain't no minority. Get out of here. I am. I have been a minority. I get treated badly by everybody on the team. I'm the one that's like, hey, yeah, you're never going to get a chance. Just go get everybody's towel. You treat me like a towel, girl. I mean, you guys are always against me. But you're the coach. You're always against me. No, See, I no, got no. It. no, I got no. it right here. No, I'm gonna tell you exactly what no, it is. No, no, you the plantation owner. Imaj is Auntie Mama, and oh, she, she cheer all the big fuck deal niggas. I'm the person who gets to stay in the house. I'm saying Auntie Mama, you be on the back porch. You ain't really in the house. You just like under the shade of the house. I'm saying don't don't get a buddy. I'm not going outside. I'm not even going outside. You got issues, you know that, right? I'm not. I'm not going out there. I'm going to sit on this porch and I'm going to drink this whatever this is, and I'm fine. You're going to do some work. See, one, day those, those I'm gonna, more... one day I'm going to be put in a place surrounded by people who love me and treat me well, like they love me. And they're done. not going to treat me like you I'm some done. kind of a slave driver you because my people... My people came off their boat too, and I would never. And I and some of my, my best was, friends are black, here. and some of my best friends are yellow people, and I would <laughs> never treat you. Yeah, so I would never no, be racist. Listen, some of my people are yellow people. Did you hear that bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> some of my people, are, some of my people are yellow people. Girl, listen. Anyway, so the only thing she didn't say is some of my best friends are black people. That's the only thing she didn't yeah. say. Yes, yeah, she said that. She said that first before she said, um, some of my oh, friends are yellow that. people. She said that. Oh, see, I, I, I was just listening to it. It was more like wah, 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 yellow yeah. people, wah, wah, And wah, I tried to tell her she was smart and that she was kind and she was wonderful. Tried to tell her. She didn't try to say she counted her yellow friends. <laughs> and what's the name of your yellow friends? Give me one of their names. So you can see exactly how racist you are. Who the fuck is y'all? Your mama. Mama, yo mama, yo mama. But are they Asian? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like with myself, I can name Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I just... Hey, sidebar, everybody, time out. Oh, hold on. How do you how do you try to point out racism by making a racist comment? How do you say Asian? <laughs> 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 okay, time in. You can play again. Oh, my God, you stupid. <laughs> Y'all are mess. Y'all are hot. Oh, oh yeah, you can count your yellow He's so dumb. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so who are your yellow friends? Still laughing at who this stupid guy. He can't keep it. These stupid guys can't stay on the air with us. It's too much. Hot it may, I should have I should have a six pack every Wednesday. Like, you know, if it has to go away, 
like, but on Wednesdays is your return. What? I laugh. I laugh so hard on Wednesdays. Like, I should have abs out of this world. But you are you only laughing on Wednesday? That's not really right. Not, I mean, I I only expect it on Wednesday. Should I be crying mm-hmm. Thursday through Tuesday? But on Wednesday, the motherfucker be chuckling like a motherfucker. Leave <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday get here so I can have half day. That's when I wear. That's when I wear my midriff because I know right now it's steel, baby. It's steel. That's what I'm saying. Mm mm mm. That's okay. I mean, do you have a filter? Do you think, I mean, I, mean, I know I don't think about the shit I say, and I'm comfortable with it, but do you think about the shit you say before you say it? And if you do, you need to get a refilter. <laughs> you know what? I just, I have a reflection of my mentor. Thank you, Ron, for all of your help. No, I'm not your mentor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. That's it. All right, all right, all right. So before we before we end, let's get serious for a second. Do y'all know who Mentor uh-huh. was? What? You know who Mentor was? Mentor. What? You know who the person Mentor? All right, so Mentor oh, okay. was a person in Greek mythology. And the word Mentor has its etymology in his name. Okay? And... What they did in Greek mythology and in Greek culture is they sent their children to gymnasiums, and they sent them there to learn, so to be an apprentice. And this gentleman, mentor, was one of the first, and he was the one that was in the the the, uh, the stories of Zeus. So mentor, they sent their children to mentor. Mentor would teach them how to do A, B, and C, you know what I'm saying, whatever trade it was. He'd also have sex with them. So a mm. mentor is someone who is a pedophile by mm. its origin of the word. So so we call Why people do things I know nowadays. This? Did you just did you like post this um on your thing this week? No n- no, I've never posted this. Uh, I I I, I don't know, I, maybe I may have said this before, I don't know. But um, No, you haven't said it's like I re- I recently read that. So maybe you barely got it keeps me conscious. Right. And so what you're basically telling me. Oh, sorry. What what I hear you saying, that's a good counseling phrase. Um, what I hear you saying is you are a pedophile because you're a lot older than me and you tried to have sex with me and you are my mentor because I learned from you even though you touched me. You understand? I was about to curse, but you know what? I'm better than that. <laughs> I'm better than that. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hold my tongue. If if I was my grandmother, I would call for Jesus. If I was my mother, I would call for a stick. <laughs> and and were you, are you about to beat her? What? He's gonna beat it up. He's gonna beat it up because he's a mentor. He's gonna beat it up. That's but, yeah. But that's I'm none of them. Oh. And I'm no one's mentor, so I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna breathe. I'm gonna woosa. I'm gonna do some shit like that because you are I'm out gonna, of pocket. Um, hey, hey, that's why I used to tell you get your hand out of my pocket. Okay, so at this point, 
Oh, yeah, you sound like one of them old white Jewish lounge comedians. And I'm a pocket. Shaky Shamor. That's your name, Shaky Shamor. Get the fuck out of here. Corny ass joke. Oh my god. That's good stuff right there. That stuff, that you can't, you can't buy that. You, you can't buy that shit. That stuff is authentic. You can't make that up. Oh, you can't make that up. You can't. You can't. Um, Iman, it is your job to help Ron with his problems. Um, yeah. What? What problem? What are you talking about? Secretly somewhere you are writing that down, you're gonna use that. I know, Ron. I just I flew you. in and boy on my arms tired. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Say that one more time. I need to write that down. I can imagine. 
That's hot. What was the so back knees situation like? It was like mad moist back behind the knees, wasn't it? It was just hot. It was hot and humid. It was just all clammy, all like right there with the dinner, it that, that crease right it there. Was did, he, did he? Did he? I'm not ignoring what the fuck he's saying. I'm ignoring that shit. Did he put so hot mayonnaise? I hope that lady sits on you tomorrow. He just said, he just said, like, ptomaine poisoning. Like, really? Oh, I ain't seen that about her toes, man. (laughs) (laughs) I hate him. Wow. I was like, I'm just done. Am I listening fast, talking slow, or what? Honey, he out of control. He gets out of control on this here day. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, whatever. Wow. Stop eating booty anyway. Don't stop eating it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's it. Before you, you realize that your girl going to be going home with somebody where she's supposed to be. What right. the hell you going to purchase the groceries for if you're not going to eat them? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You purchase them? It don't make no sense to purchase the groceries if you're not going to eat them. So that's the second time he has said that he purchased it. I'm about to put this on here. So I, everybody all knows. I said, I, I didn't say that. I just said you just can't do it to everyone at a grocery. That sounds real pedophilic. And, and, I'm and he does not mind purchasing them and then eating the Discovered on the wine down. You sound like R. Kelly right now. Like a mix between R. Kelly, Woody Allen, and Floyd Mayweather. What Floyd? Jesus Christ. <laughs> because he can't read. Because he can't read. Uh, so we knew what read. you were saying. Shut up. <laughs> we knew what you were no. saying, idiot. But she said, why Floyd? So I had to let him know he's really dumb. But he's rich. So, I mean, hey, it is what it is. He's not too dumb because he's worth that no, contract. No, he's a genius. But you know what? No, you know what? Well, you know, most people who can't read, you know, most people who can't read, they can count money. Yeah, but he, don't, he, don't, he doesn't only count his money. He sets his shit up where he's making money. His contracts are way different than usual contracts. Because yeah, you know, look he at is it. definitely doing it. Nobody owns him. Nobody owns him. Like, he is not endorsed by Spider right here. Head. And that's hey, amen, sister. Don't let no, don't let him have it all. I hear you, but he followed the blueprint of Oscar De La Hoya, who followed, you know what I'm saying, the blueprint of other people. So I mean, yeah, he did what he did, but you know what I'm saying, he's a clown because he's, you know what I'm saying, he's flaunting things that he shouldn't be flaunting when he could be doing so much more for a better reason than to just be, yo, when you're a boxer, when you're a boxer and they introduce you, usually you hear people say the pound for pound, the baddest man, the heavyweight champion. He said they introduce him as the world's highest paid athlete. Like, you fucking thing, little pussy ass. I'll punch you in your face and just take what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 come on, man. That's how you go. Go. That's how you introduce yourself. You're not the baddest. You're not the biggest. You're not the fastest. You're not. He's he not even pretty no more. Remember, before when he was pretty, 
You know what I'm saying? He was thinking Muhammad Ali. Now he's just money. I was like, come on, man. That's why. Maybe it's me. I don't know. You you feel better? You feel better on that? Uh, maybe. Actually, no. I feel maybe, worse maybe now. Maybe you're I mean, I was a little bit. Maybe you're a little bit, you know, bitter because he won't let you eat his groceries. I'm just saying. <sighs> and on that All note, right. I think we should call it a night. Um, it's been great. You would want to. You would wonderful. really want to. I'm just gonna call it a night for us. Mm-hmm. So That's we're gonna smart. we're gonna we're gonna just go ahead and just stop here. Uh, we're gonna be together next Wednesday, and we're gonna Some enjoy the rest of our evening. <laughs> we're gonna enjoy the rest of our evening, and right? we're gonna see everybody next mm-hmm. week. Yeah, maybe maybe good not. Night. Good, good night. Everybody, you rushing us off the phone? I ain't got no coupons. I ain't got no GPT. I ain't going to no fucking supermarket. Hey, 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 you know what? Fine. Do you take checks? Excuse me? Do you take checks? Free groceries? Do I? Do